You're not cheating on your wife if you eat my lemon square. Your lemon squares taste like ass. And welcome back to Horror Queers. We are doing something for the holidays, and I'm <laughs> Joe. And I'm Trace, and we are doing a, a live reading, I guess, of The Human Santipede by, who wrote this book, Joe? <laughs> Adam Millard. Okay, by Adam Millard. Uh, and if you're like, what the fuck's The Human Santipede? Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, folks, the reason that we're doing this is, A, because we thought it would be hilarious and funny. This is actually a real book. You can go and buy an electronic copy. But mostly, this is paying off a long-running joke that we have had in the Horror Queers Book Club. So, shout out to Yuha, who is a member who has been diligently reading along with us each and every month. He suggested this book for all of us to read last year. And we all politely declined. He read it, told us about it, and we have been making fun of it ever since. So we thought, what better way to celebrate the holidays than gather a great crew? So we have with us the Scarred for Life co-hosts, Terry Menard and Mary Beth McAndrews. Hello. Hello. I am trepidatious about this. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. I'm very excited to be playing Mrs. Claus. I go. played Mrs. Claus in the fifth grade play, and now it's back again, so I'm fulfilling my destiny. <laughs> Ass to mouth circle. But was she a slutty stripper when you played her back then? No, she wasn't. So okay. we've grown. We've grown. Okay. There we go. The growth. The growth. And of course, we're also joined by Brother Ghoulish himself, Ryan Kinney. Hi, Ryan. Hey, thank you for inviting me to chaos. Um, I am well versed <laughs> in the language, so let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So, folks, this is how it's going to work. We're we've all got parts. We're going to read some selected excerpts, and uh, then if you want to read more, you can go off and buy the book and discover its secrets for yourself. But, uh, but to be clear, we are not being paid to do this. We just no. decided to do it. <laughs> oh God, no! We're probably going to get sued for this. <laughs> Cease and desist. Basically. <laughs> That's my Santa voice. Thank you very much. Oh, delightful. Wait, who are we all playing? Should we all say who we're playing? Yes. Yes. Let's go through. Okay. So I am Trace Thurman, and I will be playing the roles of both Santa, a.k.a. the Fat Bastard, and uh, Jimbo the Elf. Excellent. Mary Beth? Um, I am Mary Beth McAndrews, and I am playing Jessica Claus and also Sissy. The elf, the elf, yes. The elf, this is the elf. I said, I didn't read, I did not read this ahead of time, so I was like, sissy, great, she's an elf. It's okay. Yeah, like, we'll go with it. <laughs> this could go off the rails so fast. Uh, Ryan, who are you playing? I'm playing the stranger, i.e. Krampus. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, doesn't the book describe him as like the mysterious beast for most of it? <laughs> yes. It's it's not a surprise. <laughs> I'm going to be the person who reads everything sort of in between. So I'm kind of the narrator, but also not. And I'm Terry and I will be introing the chapters because we are not doing the whole thing. No. Selected excerpts only. <laughs> All right. Are you folks uh, ready to dive into this? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yes. Very excited. <laughs> Okay, Terry, set the stage for us, please. 
All right. Well, you know, since this is sort of like a production, I want to do an homage to Audible. Bloody Disgusting presents a horror quiz <laughs> production of The Human Centipede. Our story takes place in the land of Christmas as everyone prepares for another holiday. The only problem? Snow is pissing down so heavily <laughs> that it has <laughs> derailed the production of toys with only one week to go before Christmas. This is causing heavy stress on everyone, both elves and Santa alike. Dot, dot, dot. Santa Claus, a.k.a. the Fat Bastard, a.k.a. Chris Kringle, a.k.a. Father Christmas, a.k.a. He Who Shall Be Obeyed, watched as his wife erotically slid up and down the pole, throwing her long, slender legs in any direction they would go without snapping. She was a sight to behold, a beautiful red-headed minx wearing traditional slutty Mrs. Claus garb. You could pick it up from any land of Christmas sex shop, but this one was handmade, and not particularly well, Santa thought, as it was missing its crotch. She went up, she came down, a delicious present that Santa would have normally looked forward to unwrapping, and yet, the snow was taking the piss. What's the matter? Jessica said, sliding down the pole. You look preoccupied. Santa sighed. His thick white beard did a little dance. Oh, it's nothing, he said, pushing himself up from his armchair. I guess I'm just not in the mood tonight. It's the weather, isn't it? Jessica slipped a red and white robe around her shoulders and went to her husband's side. God, he was fat. He'd always been a little portly, but the last few centuries, he'd really started to let himself go. It'll, It'll clear up. Oh, oh shit, that's sorry. You. <laughs> that's me, right? Yeah, it's you. Okay. It'll clear up soon. We can always start digging the elves out, or maybe ship some Polish ones in to finish the job. Santa grunted. Ugh, that would make sense, he said. I've heard they don't steal paper clips. See? Jessica said, rubbing <laughs> his rotund tummy with a perfectly manicured hand. Things are starting to look up already. Making his way across the room, Santa arrived at the bedroom window, slightly out of breath. I think it's stopping, he said, staring at the sky. Was he just being optimistic? Was it ever going to stop? Were his staff okay down there, smothered with snow? He didn't know much about the weather. That wasn't his job. But he knew a thing or two about oxygen and what happened when it ran out. The last thing he needed was for the snow to clear, only to reveal a whole army of dead blue elves. Even the Polish contingency would be tough to put to work in a place that had only recently generated a thousand deceased Smurfs. But the snow was stopping. For the last three days, thick sheets had rained down, and now, now you could make out the stars in the sky. Jessica stretched a hand around and began to stroke her husband's underbelly. The fact that he had one suggested she ought to start casting her net a little further. I've always got my elves, she thought. Small in stature, but not in the trouser department. They satisfied her in ways her husband couldn't. She was particularly fond of Finkelfoot's crew. 
They seemed to know which way their bread was buttered. If only she could convince that foreman of theirs to get in on the action. I think everything's going to be okay, Santa said, a smile creeping onto his face. Beneath the beard, of course. For the first time that week. Oh, joyous occasion! Oh, how wonderful! Oh, by morning my marvelous toy makers will be free! Free to return to work for no money and very little in the way of choice! Jessica Claus didn't think her husband quite grasped the concept of freedom. Oh, this is good news, Santa said, turning to his wife and pulling her into a tight hug. She could feel the erection through his jingling red trousers. What? Is that what I think it is? Jessica said, smiling, licking her lips sensually. Santa reached down and pulled free a scrolled-up roll. It was his good child, bad child list. Um, where am I? (laughs) I must get back to work, he said, (laughs) rushing around the room as fast as an overweight geriatric could. Oh, how wonderful! How remarkable! And then he was gone, leaving Miss Claus standing there, half-naked, and feeling generally unfulfilled. The sooner those elves are free, she thought, as a stirring in her loins sent a shudder coursing through her entire body. The better. By this point in the story, bickering married elves, Jimbo and Sissy, have been abducted by a shrouded figure from their bedroom. There's a word for how I feel right now, Jimbo said, squirreling on the trestle table to which both he and his beloved wife had been strapped. Is it mystified? Sissy asked, trying to pull her arm free of its constraints. No, Jimbo said. It's fucked. I feel downright fucked. This wouldn't have happened if you'd clobbered him in the hallway. There was a certain venom to Sissy's tone that Jimbo didn't appreciate. At least I didn't jump in the damn sack, Jimbo said. Yes, you did, Sissy said. You were in it a few seconds after me. My voice is changing. (laughs) Sorry. I meant, at least I didn't... You know what? I don't want to talk about it. Sissy glanced around the room. It was cold, very surgical, and not at all... Christmassy. There were no lights, no decorations, nothing to suggest they were even in the land of Christmas anymore. The only sound came from a slowly dripping tap on the other side of the room. At the front of the room, something was covered over with a black sheet. What do you think he wants with us? Sissy asked, unable to bear the silence any longer. I mean, we're good elves. This is the kind of things that shouldn't happen to good elves. Jimbo tried to shrug realized he couldn't, and settled for a sigh instead. Whatever it is, I don't think we're going to enjoy it. Maybe we should start screaming for help. I mean, we weren't brought far. We must still be in the land of Christmas. Someone's bound to hear us. The trouble with that, Sissy thought, was that someone would most likely be the shrouded maniac, and the last thing they wanted to do was piss that guy off. He'll hear us. He'll hear us, and then whatever he was going to do to us, he'll just do worse. I think he's going to kill us. Jimbo said, which wasn't the best way to comfort one's wife. How could he possibly kill us worse than what he was already going to do? Sissy whimpered. This doesn't happen in the land of Christmas. This is like something out of a terrible movie. One of those ones with the human kids and the inhuman killers. I don't want to end up roasting on an open fire, Jimbo. I've got too much to give. 
Just then, the door sprang open in the only way such doors spring, and in came the shrouded figure. Only now he was wearing a white apron and blue gloves, and neither Sissy or Jimbo thought he was a qualified baker, which meant... Ah, how were my first two subjects on this fine morning? For a raging lunatic, he was awfully chipper. You, you won't get away with this, Sissy said, her head the only part of her off the table. If, if you let us go now, we'll forget about it. Jimbo nodded. Forget about what? He said, winking at their captor. Eh? That does sound like a very good deal, the beast said as he began to unpack a small leather case that neither of the hostages had seen before. It seemed to contain a lot of sharp things, a lot of things designed to cut and carve and amputate. However, I brought you here for a reason. On the plus side, you won't be here for long. Soon you will be reunited with all your friends. Better than reunited. You'll all be as one. Isn't that a lovely thought? Not really, Sissy said. Oh, we can't stand most of them. It's true, Jimbo added. If it wasn't for the fact that we had to work with them every day, we wouldn't bother. There's nothing more annoying than elves. Tell me about it, the figure thought. Unfortunately, you're going to have to get used to the idea. He finished laying out the sharp cutting things and moved danced across the room to where the black sheet hid whatever it was the black sheet hid. You should consider yourselves very lucky, as you are the first two elves to lay eyes upon my most marvelous creation. It's a very lovely sheet, Sissy said. Black's my third favorite color, after Topaz and Mauve. Ah, the figure said, reaching up and stroking the corner of the sheet with a long, slender finger. It is nice, isn't it? I have it in green, too, and I... Wait a minute. This isn't about the sheet. I thought it was about the sheet, Jimbo said. This is all very confusing. I don't think he's the full ticket, Sissy said. One minute he wants to talk about the sheet, the next he doesn't. To the dark shape with his face buried in his palm, she said. Have you ever been to see a professional? Look. Can we all just stop talking for a moment? I've got a splitting headache, and I really thought this would go much smoother. The abductor sighed, and after a few seconds he said, Right. Lady and gentlemen, I give you... Is this about the sheet? Jimbo for fuck's said. sake. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, let me try that again. Here. Is, wait, actually, do, do write lady and gentlemen again. You're going to have to jump the cut that joke, because that was good. Right, lady and gentlemen, I give you... Is this about the sheet? Jimbo said. For fuck's sake, the figure said, yanking the sheet away from the thing it covered. It's about this, not the sheet. Nothing to do with the bastard sheet. He poked and prodded at the crude sketch that had been etched onto the whiteboard. This, this, this... What followed could only be described as an awkward silence. It was the kind of silence that could be heard in doctor surgeries across the universe. The kind of silence that no one wanted to break, but someone always inevitably did. What is it? Jimbo asked, tilting his head sideways and staring at the rudimentary drawing. He could make out 
limbs, lots of limbs and beards, lots of beards, and even an antler or two. If it had been drawn by an elf child, the parent of said child would refuse to put it up on the fridge door. Uh, I think it's one of those arty farty cubism thingamabobs, Sissy said. I liked it better with the sheet on it. This, the figure said, poking at the drawing so hard that he broke a nail. Oh, is a masterpiece. It is a marvel of modern day surgery. It is history in the making. It is a waste of good markering, Jimbo said. A waste of good mark. No. The beast was losing his temper. Straightening up, he began pacing back and forth across the room. He thinks he's so high and mighty up there in his workshop, walking around as if he owns the place. Ho, ho, fucking ho. Well, not anymore. The time has come for a revolution. The time has come for Santa to suffer. The time has come for... Drawing lessons? Sissy said. I will kill you where you lie, the shrouded figure said. Sissy, sensing he wasn't the type of maniac to throw... Th Sissy, sensing he wasn't the type of... <laughs> Sissy, sensing he wasn't the type of maniac to throw threats around at random, shut up. You, my little elf friends, are about to become the first pieces in this meaty jigsaw puzzle. He walked across the room, selected a blade from the vast array laid out on the table, and tested its sharpness with his finger. Before we begin, are either of you allergic to anything and or vegetarian? Jimbo shook his head. I once had a funny turn after eating a piece of calendar chocolate, but don't we all? The figure growled. <sighs> then let's make a start. Which one of you wants to be at the front? Okay. And off we go to chapter eight. Which is also chapter nine. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twofer. A twofer. <laughs> a terrible twofer. <laughs> I'm happy you caught it. Are you quoting American Dad? Yes. Ah! <laughs> I love Roger. The disappearance of Jimbo and Sissy had been noticed by Santa and his truffy elf, Finklefoot. What a name. But it's already too late. The hooded figure has already begun executing his dastardly plan to stitch the land of Christmas residents to each other, mouth to arsehole. You won't get it. You won't get away with this, Jimbo said. Well, that's what he meant to say, but the way he'd been stitched to his wife's backside prevented it from coming out like that. Oh, that. <laughs> oh, that, that tickles. Sissy said. <laughs> Good way. Can you not do that, Jimbo? They were both on hands and knees, their ligaments cut to prevent them from standing. Jimbo's face was wedged into his wife's rear. Only his wide and frightened eyes were visible above the crack. To be quite frank, both had had better mornings. The hooded figure wiped his bloody hands on the apron and grinned. The operation had gone better than he'd expected. After all, he was working from a drawing that could have been a child's doodle. Still, he had no need for the sketch. The masterpiece was ingrained in his mind, tattooed on his brain like a brain tattoo. Excellent, the figure said. See, I told you it wouldn't hurt, didn't I? You did, Sissy said. 
But you didn't tell me that you were going to stitch my husband's head to my asshole. Surprise. The figure laughed. Would you rather it was the other way around? I can always up. Wait, what? Okay. I can always unpick the stitches and start from scratch. What the hell was that? Sissy said, tottering on one knee. We had hurry yesterday. Then quit whining and get used to your new configuration. He walked across the room, picked up a clipboard, and began to flip pages. The pages were, of course, all blank, but flipping them and staring down at them intently was something that came with the job. You weren't qualified as a surgeon if you couldn't handle a clipboard. Why are you doing this? Sissy whined, forgetting that she'd just been ordered not to. It's a long story, the figure said. Actually, it wasn't. Like Truce from a Politician's Mouth, an autobiography, it was a very short story, but he couldn't be bothered to go into it. Besides, it was none of her business. If he told her, they'd all want to know, and that would ruin the surprise when the time finally came to scream it from the rooftops. Is it Santa? She pressed. That's, that's you, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't get this out. <laughs> Jimbo interjected. <laughs> no, I will not shut up! Sissy screeched. If you're going to be hanging out with me like an elfish tapeworm for the rest of my damn life, I want to know To the figure, who looked so smart and genuine, as he flipped through the pages attached to his clipboard, she said, It's Santa, isn't it? The fat bastard said something to piss you off Well, join the club, you hooded freak! Nobody likes him, not even his wife. You see us going around abducting people in the dead of night, cutting them up and sewing them together in the wrong order? <laughs> Will you stop talking, Jimbo? Every breath on my kidney, and I do not appreciate it. Both of you pipe down, the maniac said. Nothing will save you. The wheels are already in motion, and things are going to get a lot worse before they get... Actually... I was going to say better, but they're just going to get worse. Sorry about that. Sissy oh. did something that she'd been trying to hold in. Behind her, Jimbo gagged. Now, I have a little surprise, the lunatic said. Wait here. He popped out through the door at the end of the room, sticking his head back momentarily to add, Oh, that's right. You can't go anywhere. Well, stay anyway. Before disappearing again. <laughs> Jimbo said, shaking his head, and, subsequently, Sissy's backside. Yeah, he's definitely a few lives short of a cutlery drawer, said Sissy. Wonder what he's got against the fat bastard. I mean, Santa has a strange way of pissing people off, but this guy, well, this guy's holding quite a grudge. <sighs> Jimbo opined, rolling his eyes. Santa might have slept with the dude's missus? Sissy repeated. No, I don't think so. He's punching above his weight as it is with his wife. He wouldn't dare cheat on her. They're crazy in love. <sighs> Jimbo said. She's fucking most of the elves at the workshop, including the ones from the guitar stringing crew. Sissy didn't. Couldn't believe such a ridiculous allegation. Maybe her husband was hallucinating. He had, after all, lost a lot of blood and inhaled a fair amount of gas. She wouldn't believe a muffled word that passed his lips until they were out of there, separate once again. Suddenly, something jumped just behind the door, 
it was all sis boat. It was all sissy could do. Okay. No, that was <laughs> it's right. our name together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was all Sisbo could do to stay on their knees. Now don't give me any shit, you red nosed cunt. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> the voice of the maniac hissed. A second later, the door flew open and the hooded beast came in. At the end of his arm was a hand, and in that hand was a set of reins, and at the end of those reins was what looked like a very reluctant reindeer with a nose so bright the fat bastard could have used it to see through fog, if he was so inclined and if the sleigh didn't have headlights. Sissy gasped. Jimbo concurred. Wait, is this me? (laughs) Now he's either going on your face... He told Sissy. Or his backside. He pointed at Jimbo. Sissy shook her head. This must be some kind of nightmare. I'll wake up in a minute, covered in sweat, and you know what? Put that tooth raging on Jimbo's ass! Jimbo whined. What the fuck is going on here, Rudolph thought, almost certain that the man at the end of the reins didn't know who he was, or how much trouble he was going to be in for kidnapping Santa's most famous slave puller. Very well, the hooded beast said, tugging the recalcitrant reindeer across the room. It was hard work, like shifting a fridge that had been standing in the same place for several centuries. Once the creature's ligaments were cut, though, it was plain sailing. This is going terribly well, thought the lunatic. It was shaping up to be the best Christmas ever. And someone used a thesaurus for recalcitrant. I know, I was like, where the (laughs) fuck did that come from? I have never (laughs) seen that word. I, I think I've seen it in SAT prep. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. By this point in the story, the beast has used the promise of fair wages to lure more than 50 elves and a reindeer to their doom in order to create an inhuman centipede. The hooded lunatic snorted candy apple snuff off the back of his hand and growled. Darkness was falling, or would have been if they were anywhere but the land of Christmas, which meant it was almost time to return to the streets to gather the next worthy participants. Not that any of them were worthy. All that truly mattered was that they had the necessary holes and that they didn't put up too much of a struggle. Oh, is everyone feeling okay? The maniac said, suppressing a snort. The vowel-free replies went on and on as 52 elves and a reindeer scrambled around on the surgery floor, slipping and sliding in blood and pus. At least 10 of the elves had fainted, but when you have a convoy of so many, it didn't matter if a few engines faltered. There was barely any room down there on the floor, which was why the lunatic had taken to the table, where he could loom over them more efficiently. Look, you've made your point. Sissy said, pushing back against the tide of elves behind her. Why don't you take a photo and start unpicking us, huh? The beast cackled. (laughs) You really are a piece of work, aren't you? He said. Such courage. And yet you're only 1.87% of my creation. From where I'm standing, you're the only one with an ounce of hope left. You think I've come all this way, put in all this hard work, Just to release you? That sounds wonderful, Sissy said. Do me first, will you? My back's killing. 
The maniac climbed down from the table, finding just enough space on the floor to place his large feet. One brave elf tried to nip at his leg, but only succeeded in nibbling the asshole of the guy in the front, who let us surprise as a result. We aren't finished yet, the figure explained. Sure, you look good. Certainly very centipede But the whole point is to create a human centipede. Um, inhuman centipede? Sissy corrected, for she wasn't backing down on that. Whatever. The point is, until the fat bastard is leading you around the land of Christmas, I will not stop. I will not relent. I will not. Will you stop trying to bite me? Sorry. Sissy said, spitting out a mouthful of dark shroud. I couldn't resist. She stopped crawling, forcing everyone else to a halt, and called across her shoulder. You idiots do know that we don't have to keep moving, don't you? Good, then you can all stop nudging me forward. Since I appear to be the spokesperson of this monstrosity, I'd appreciate a little cooperation. She turned back to the menacing figure standing over her. And what happens when you get to Santa? What happens then? Beneath the hood, the maniac grinned. Then Christmas. And everything it means to you fools will be lost forever. Dun dun dun. Love a good table read. By now, the identity of the culprit is known to be Krampus. What a shock. And he abducted both Santa and Mrs. Claus, all in an attempt to dot 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 kill christmas you better watch out you better not cry krampus sang as he pushed the needle through miss claus's oral muskoka and into the fleshy meat of fat bastard's ass for the umpteenth time you better not pout i'm telling you why he laughed then bit <laughs> through the thread santa claus is coming to town not he stood and took a few steps back so that he could take it all in Remarkable, he said. Absolutely splendid. He walked along one side of the creature, occasionally kicking out at a panicked elf, and then down the other side. Better than I could have ever imagined it, he said. The grin beneath his hood was now a perpetual thing, and not just a fluke. It was finished. The human centipede, inhuman centipede, if you were an obfuscator, and it turned out that it was more... And it turned out that there were more of them out there than whoop. And it turned out that there were more of them out there than Krampus could have ever anticipated was complete. Krampus couldn't believe he'd done it. He'd actually done it. No more talk. No more beating around the proverbial bush. He was the only companion with the bollocks to pull something like this off. And he couldn't wait to show them his creation and all its grotesque glory. Just then, from the very front of the organism, a gruff and tired voice said, oh, oh, Holy fuck, my ass is sore. Krampus danced, for he was in a fantastic mood, and he didn't care a pip that he looked like a drunken swan. All along the centipede, smacking Jessica Claus's derriere as he passed her, she squeaked. She squeaked. Oh, I squeaked. Oh. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing more. She hadn't quite come to yet. 
unlike her husband, who was now shaking his head and trying to figure out why his legs refused to do as he wished. Ah, Krampus said as he moved around the front of the creature. You're awake, and not a moment too soon. I should have known you had something to do with this, Santa said through gritted teeth. But what I don't understand is why. Is this because I'm better than you in practically every way? Is it? Is it because I get to wear the red and white while you have to walk around wrapped in black like some goth Buddhist? <laughs> is it because my beard is always so clean and yours, well, yours looks like something you would pull from Gandalf's plug hole? Krampus's dark and demonic face shriveled up as if he'd just sucked an overly ripe lemon. The fat bastard really knew how to push his buttons. Even now, on his knees and ass to mouth with his beloved Jessica, his mouth ran away with him. It was terribly frustrating for Krampus, who was hoping for tears and pleas. I see you're still a little mouthy, Krampus said, walking across the cold, damp floor to where a bottle sat upon the trestle table. He picked it up and grinned. Maybe I should have put you halfway down the line, though... I doubt even 30-second hen shits would silence the likes of yours. Santa shuddered at the thought. You're making a big mistake, he said, though he had a feeling it was too late. Krampus had gone too far, and when people go too far, they tend to see only one way out, and that's by going just a little bit further. Am I? Krampus said. Santa figured it was entirely rhetorical, and not even something he should deem to answer. This has been coming for centuries, you chubby cunt. People will only take so much in you. You finally overstepped the mark. Santa frowned. He had no idea what he'd done to invoke such madness, especially from one of his own. What if I were to offer you a role as my second in command? It was a long shot, but there didn't appear to be any short shots available to him. Krampus prowled across the room, stooping just in front of Santa's face. You would do that for me? Make me your deputy? He fluttered his dark red eyelashes with mock elatedness and growled. You must think I'm a fucking idiot. I don't... I've spent the last God knows how many millennia helping you, taking care of the little shits that you can't be bothered with. And for, for what? You must think I was born yesterday. All that sherry's gone to your head, you daft old twat. Santa was about to speak when a glass bottle was thrust into his open mouth. The liquid, whatever it was, caught him by surprise, and before he had a chance to clear his throat hole, half the bottle was on its way to his stomach. Gasping for air and drooling what remained of the acrid fluid into his beard, Santa said, What? What was that? Krampus began to read the bottle, as if even he wasn't certain. It says here that it's Laximax. I'll let you figure out the rest. Santa gopped in horror. You? You evil! Yes, yes, we've already established that. Krampus said, tapping the bottle with his right horn. Now if I were you, I'd try to relax. It'll help with the... Well, everything will just run smoother if you don't talk. You son of a bitch! was as far as the fat bastard got before his stomach began to roll. He grunted. Works faster than I thought, Krampus said, investigating the empty bottle. I'll buy this one again. It says it's a number two bestseller. But I think it's just a joke. 
Oh, 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 Santa said, closing his eyes. Behind him, his wife, a reindeer, and 50-odd elves all whined in unison. And that, my dear friends, is the end of our story. If you want to find out how the story actually ends, or what we jumped over, be sure to purchase The Human Santipede by Adam Millard. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, <laughs> everybody.